0: This is another episode of Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. A podcast about
1: damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Please welcome the man behind the madness,
0: your host and audio flavor maestro, Marquise Edwards.
2: What is going on, everybody? We are back again with another exciting and fun-filled educational, fun episode of Flipping Your Podcast. Uh, Today uh, is uh, March the 13th, so we are in the midst of Women's History slash Empowerment Month, and I continue to reach out to a lot of my good friends and family or whatnot who I consider strong individuals that can fit the narrative of this month. Or that are, you know, just doing awesome things or awesome people have like awesome conversations. So today, um, a little backstory on me and this guest we have today. Uh, we kind of grew up like the same exact, around the same exact time. Uh, foreign, uh, not foreign, but international uh, upbringing. Uh, a little bit different than traditionally. And uh, since we've been adults now in like our 30s, uh, it's been a complete uh, turnaround from so many different things that we've learned. She's always been super bright, super, super bright. And she's blossomed to be such a great person. And she's got, she can have a damn good intellectual conversation. So that's why I chose her. Because she doesn't know. I'm very picky with my, uh, who I who I can talk with, uh, of course. So, um, her name is Ariella Haynes. And, uh she grew up with a huge family. Uh, first off, just to give a little background on her background on her. And, um, she was, uh, From what I remember, she was a pillar in her family growing up, a huge pillar in her family. Um, All of her family is doing really well right now. And I'm quite sure she has a lot to do with just helping out at home and raising uh, her brothers and sisters to be such great people. Um, And you don't understand how important it is as far as parenting and things like that until you grow up and become a parent. Um, There's no there's no handbook to it and there's no uh, uh, secret sauce or anything for parenting. So. Once you become an adult and have your own children, you just see how much it takes, you know, as a village to raise a child or other people to just outside of the mom and dad to go into making a child successful or to make the right decisions, I'll say. So uh, we're going to talk about a few things today um, as far as her growth, um, her outtake on a few topics, and then we'll have a little bit of fun and, you know, just kind of relaxing. Pick her brain a little bit because I said she's actually extremely smart, so I'm quite sure she has a great amount to say about said topics. So, would you like to introduce yourself, Ariela?
0: Sure. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are funny. Thank you, first of all. Um, you're, oh, you're always. Always, you've always been really kind. I told you that. Um, you know, when we were talking a few days ago, uh, you've always been like just a little supporter in the background, just always sending sweet <laughs> messages. Over the Thank years, you. even though we don't get to see each other hang out, but um, you've just really been a sweet individual. Thank so you. yeah, um, my name is Ariel Haynes. Um, I live in the U.S. I was born and raised in Israel. I moved over here when I was 19. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I went. Um, we have two children. I'm um, married um, to my husband Jacoby Haynes. Um, we have two children, two boys, Liam and Lidor, um, Moosh and Chunk. <laughs> um, and really at 33, life is just all about growing up, working, providing mm-hmm. a secure future for our children, for ourselves. And that's pretty much that's what that's me right now. <laughs> that's me. I um I am a board-certified behavior analyst. So um, I work with I, – I, I almost hate answering the question about what you do because mm-hmm. it's like, so much involved in ABA. But um, the short version we work with um, – primarily my job right now is working with children and families affected okay. by autism spectrum disorder. Mm. Um, so what that looks like is if we, I go in the house um, – I have direct therapists who work with the children. We work on behaviors. We work on language, developing language. Um, and we just basically want to help our our kiddos, our clients, achieve as much independence as possible, you know, while working with their parents and the family and their environment to accommodate them as much as possible as well, to give them as much freedom and access to their environment. So that's my passion in parenting. <laughs> Man, that's um, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful that's, thing. Beautiful thing. I think that's pretty much me.
2: <laughs> oh, that's that's a lot. Yeah, I think like like it's a little bit less, less, less something small, but that's that's great. Um, so you spoke about um, you growing up in Israel, which I did partially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and are there tools and things that you took from your experiences growing up in Israel that have helped you to translate to what you're doing today?
0: Of course. Um, I mean, everything, every experience from my past has shaped what I am today, you know, and what, Mm -hmm. how I parent, how I work. We grew up in the same, you know, small community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We learned a lot of valuable lessons, how to just survive with, you know, not much.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: How we, I feel like when we come over here, we're different because. We see the world through the lens of more, you know, an, inter- an international view versus, you know, just mm-hmm. like, born and raised here. So mm-hmm. we kind of see the opportunities that are available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think like the biggest thing, like I said, is just taking learning, learning how to take something from nothing and make it like just mm. grind until you can't grind that's, anymore. That's a hostile hustle
2: state of mind. Yeah, you got to got to go out there and get it.
0: Yeah. I think that's that that's the biggest thing, okay, yeah,
2: so this you know being women's history Month or women's empowerment Month or whatnot, do you have any women uh that have made an impact on you in your life? um it can be anybody it doesn't have to be anybody famous, just a few people that you feel have motivated, inspired you or do some things that you like to do just anything like that? Just giving credit to the month. Um, doesn't have to be anybody from the fifties or sixties, or 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 it can be. Um, it could be anybody. Some, some women that, that inspired you, or that you look up to as far as you know the way you carry yourself. or Where, where you like to go?
0: Yeah. Um. Absolutely. I mean, I would say first my the first women that influenced me were the women in my family. You know, um, mm-hmm. my grandmothers, my aunts, and my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some strong ladies very family oriented you know mm-hmm. um all about raising me to be I won't say independent <laughs> because I don't think that's necessarily what they were and mm-hmm. and their like their true selves, but more so just how to raise a family, how to take mm-hmm. care of the children, instilling values in my children mm-hmm. and then like like my grandma, the, uh, you know, my Safta Carlea, you know, she, she passed away a few years ago, but she probably had the strongest influence in terms of just getting out there and doing what she really, truly believed in. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't have the, ne- the, the same beliefs necessarily, but like I feel like the foundation is the same.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: those common core values of just kind of doing what's right for mm-hmm. people. And my grandmother, my my dad's mother, just, she always gave to everybody. She always, you know, just gave everything of all of herself to people.
2: I can attest. Yes. <laughs>
0: so, and my mother is doing the same thing, you know, just giving mm-hmm. to everybody. So I think I have that. They definitely influenced me there my Dodali Ezra was I kind of describe her as my like cheerleader you know she's always
1: Mm -hmm. she's
0: always been there like to support anything Mm -hmm. I do or whatever she's always been there that being said I think I have kind of life has shown me that even though these women have done a lot and given a lot of themselves 2020 has taught me that you also really truly have to start setting boundaries
1: with
0: people. <laughs> because you cannot give, you know, your everything to everybody. You just can't. It's not sustainable. Yeah, some people,
2: it's not sustainable. It will burn you out too.
0: And burnout is something that I am, am experiencing.
2: And yeah, some people don't so deserve fun. it.
0: It is, mm-hmm. it is real. So they while they have influenced me, I'm putting their actions Into context so that Mm -hmm. I can continue, I guess, or be better, be able to give the way I want to give without, Mm -hmm. you know, killing myself.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, as we know, life is an ongoing process. There's no handbook to it. Even if you equip with all of the values and things like that, you still have to adapt to today's society, which is different than when they grew up, right? I mean, the values that, the values that, that they got back in the day, um, they're good, but they I don't think they're always enough for today's society because there's so many more uh, advancements, options and things like that, influences and things like that, that um, you got to learn how to deal with. <laughs> you got to learn how to deal with it. Everybody out there is not good people in this world. Everybody doesn't have your best interests at heart. And I think coming from Israel where we are organically grown and have these great attitudes and great spirits. And when you come up here to America, i not saying everybody in America is just bad but there are bad people and there are people that don't have your best interests at heart so you have to learn who to give yourself to and you know how much to give them uh to get where you need to be and um, a testament to what she was saying about her family and her grandmother and uh her her aunts and things like that they are some of the sweetest ladies that I've ever met in my lifetime that had a huge impact on me I'm 33 34 now and uh I'm, I'm, I started to my age once I got past thirty um but they have been so sweet. And when she said her, her her grandma Ariella gave everything, that is one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met. And they all kindness goes a long way. It was like I was a kid back then, but the things that they did and the way they carried themselves had a less impact on me as well. So I'm glad that she was able to give credit to those women in her life who helped give her the tools that she needs today to be able to, you know, propel and and move forward. So my next question for you is: I know you've always been. Uh, intellectually inclined <laughs> to say, so, as far as studying and and what you've been studying what have what has your educational path been since you've made your transition to adulthood like what's some of the things that you've been pursuing or that you've learned that you can elaborate on a little bit for people out there
0: okay, sure um so I started <laughs> I actually started um I went back to school in two thousand and nine. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going to major in. I was really just focused on getting a degree that would make us, um, you know, financially stable, and mm-hmm. wouldn't have, ever have to worry about anything. So I wanted to. Be, I just decided, you know, I'm going to go for nursing school. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I started my bachelor's. I did two years pre nursing, and then life happened where I had to stop and go home to Israel for six months and Mm -hmm. i got pregnant um i was married five years at that point so i got pregnant and um nursing school was possibly still gonna happen but then um after baby number one seven months later baby number two (laughs) was cooking and so (laughs) nursing just was not a reality i remember i was gonna go and take my test the nursing exam so i could you know apply for nursing school because i finished a Mm -hmm. pre-nursing program so um Mm -hmm. my car is actually taking moosh my our oldest to my grandmother to watch him so i could go take my exam well Mm -hmm. i locked uh, myself out of the car i I locked the the keys in the car
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: so i didn't make that test Um, and that's shortly after that's when I found out baby number two was coming. So baby number two came and I decided, okay, well, I'll go back and finish. He turned six months and I went and finished my bachelor's in healthcare administration. Okay. Um, I did not love it at all. Um, (laughs) Not at all. I worked from home. Um, I didn't even do, I I interned at a clinic, but Mm -hmm. it just wasn't the route for me. Okay. Our kid, our son, our oldest was diagnosed with autism um, at two and a half. So at that point, mm-hmm. I had just finished school. I mm-hmm. was, we were facing, you know, a newly diagnosed diagnosis of autism. Mm-hmm. At that mm-hmm. point, it was just like, okay, what? I can't go and work now. I can't go out there and be the career woman I want to be because our mm-hmm. kid needs his parents and he needs his That's mama me. at home. So I work from home, and I just. I started b- li- living, breathing, eating, thinking autism all the time. You know, I researched. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I what What do we need to do to to give our kid the best chance at life? Mm-hmm. And that's when um, we we were we were introduced to the world of ABA. Okay. Our kid was not um, verbal. He had self self injurious behaviors, mm-hmm. so. Um, he had no communication. Right. So lots and lots of screaming. And there were there. Were, it was a really tough time for us. But we got we got him into therapy immediately and just watching and learning from the therapist and seeing our kids start to make progress was just it was amazing. So it was like there's no world in which I don't do this at some point. Right. So I went Mm -hmm. back to school. I applied for grad school, um, went to UWF for... um, So yeah, I um, applied for graduate school um, at UWF, University of West Florida, for Mm -hmm. their um, exceptional student education program with a concentration in ABA, applied Mm -hmm. behavior analysis. I did the program in 16 months, I think, and it was a 24-month program, but
2: I crammed up. Okay. By. Okay. No, that ain't, that's not small. I do
0: not recommend doing that. Um, you did it home.
2: though. Congratulations.
0: With a full time job, two children. It was insanity, but I got it done. And um, during that time, um, I worked, um, with, I started working with children. So I transitioned out of my work from home job. Um, mm-hmm. And I started working direct, doing direct therapy in the family's homes, um, doing ABA. Um, I quickly started doing direct therapy. And then I was a supervisor trainee until after graduation and certified. And so now I have, I'm building a practice. Um, we're, we're new, um, but we do in-home therapy and we provide parent training, social skills. We conduct um, behavior assessments, just basically whatever the family needs to help their children gain access to their environment is really, wow. we we approach ABA from a different perspective. We're not, I'm more about compassionate ABA. ABA yes. has a, it's, it's really- um, people feel differently about it you know some people feel like it's you know torture and it's punishment and aba has a really bad reputation in some communities but aba when done right and when done with compassion and focused on the individual needs is literally just life changing and so mm-hmm. that is i mean that's my educational journey bachelor's degree healthcare administration then Um, the masters and now, and I, I'm constantly, you know, right now I think the most thing I'm passionate about learning more is trauma care and, um, act. So act is, um, acceptance, commitment therapy.
1: Um,
0: and that's just those two things are, I feel like are so important in what we do with children and with families, you know, because when you're, as a parent, when you find out your kid is diagnosed with autism or whatever developmental disability, you don't you, you don't know what what their life is gonna look like. You have so many questions. My husband and I were just like, oh my gosh, overwhelmed with like, what are we gonna do? And when you have somebody coming home and they have these, you know, little target points of what you have to do. And sometimes it can be such an overwhelming experience. And I think when a clinician is equipped with the tools to to be more compassionate and to be, to really understand what a family is going through, it makes the outcome so much better for everybody. And I'm not saying ABA cure, it doesn't, absolutely does not cure autism, Mm -hmm. But teaching with ACT, for instance, like I said, acceptance commitment therapy, teaching individual parents and children how to cope with emotions, how to get work through those emotions, not bury them down, but work through those things. It's it's a it's a different it's a game changer. Combining that with ABA, with our behavior change programs, with our you know language cognition skills, you know teaching programs. If you add those components in, take into consideration childhood trauma, a trauma, adult trauma, you know all those things. It just makes for a better practitioner. It makes for a better experience with ABA.
2: That is. Nothing short of awesome, I'd like to say. Um, I love how humble you are and how you just speak on um this process as if it's I mean, I know it was a journey and it all starts with love, understanding, compassion, and drive, you know. Um I couldn't imagine, you know, two better people to go on this journey than you and your husband because of the fact that, you know, it's not easy. A lot of people just quit. A lot of people just quit, and that's 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 real, right? A lot of people face struggles and they just quit. And um, I'm glad that you all have each other to motivate each other and bring out the best in each other because that is a fucking awesome story. Like it's like that's that's great. Like I'm in awe here just listening to how much determination you all have to do something and then stick with it. Consistency is the key, and like you said, just educating yourself and doing that. I know there's nothing more special than what you have to do for your for your own child and then you give them to other people so they can know how to deal with it with the same experience or you know have some tools to be able to you know deal with the same experience so um, now you all see what I have on the show because like that is just like man like I'm a fan of, of, of people that have drive and people who don't let you know shortcomings define them because a lot of people especially in these past years you know we just quit you just quit. And that's never an option, especially on people you love. You can't quit. And um her story is a testament just to how strong she really is. I hope she really knows the strength that you have to have to be able to deal with things. that It's so close to home. Stick with it. All of the boundaries of being a mother, pregnancy and things like that. But her and her husband by her side, you know, stuck together and came up, came you know, together to have a positive story to be able to share with you all today. So a testament to that. Shout out. To- to both of you all you and k um just on the fact that you're here today to be able to tell the story like that's nothing short of amazing It's nothing short of awesome and i commend you all both on on that Uh, truly i truly do i appreciate
0: Um, that i do have to say like i am the luckiest girl in the world um, I don't I don't even know if they make husbands like this one There's <laughs> a few out there. It's a few that I know, but seriously like um, a lot of even like when you have children with developmental disabilities, I don't know the exact statistic. Um, I'm sure it's out there, but a lot of couples divorce. a lot of families just can't handle it and he's he's my rock you know through all of this. He's pushing me. We're there. He is, he's become an ABA expert with our
1: kids,
0: <laughs> you know, with how we're raising them. He uses all the strategies. He is, it's amazing to watch him. He's like a superhero dad for real. <laughs> like it's really cool to watch. But yeah, I couldn't do anything without him.
2: Well, that's beautiful to hear. And I hope uh, those out there to hear just, you know, these are real people, these are real people, real uh, scenarios. Nothing is scripted. And just to hear you know, the things and love is always the basis of true love is always the basis of a lot of success, Um, as you can see, because if they didn't have true love and I'm not talking about that. These are two. These are probably two of the most like non glamorous. And I'm not saying that like they don't boast about themselves (laughs) like and we know in 2021 we have people out there that we define successful by what we see on Instagram or Facebook. These are two of the most low key people that I've always respected just to the fact they handle their fucking business and they're not out here with, like clout chasing or for better like words. I'm sorry my hood lingo comes out sometimes when I talk about these degenerates, you know. But um I'm just saying that it's awesome that you all never been in the line like you do what you're supposed to do. And that's why I, I kind of like I said, man, I had to talk to you because I love people. You just put your you put your hat on, you go to work and you do what you gotta do. You're not looking for no pats on the back or nothing like that. you just doing what you gotta do and making a positive impact in this world. So Everybody out there just know this is what true love and, and success looks like in our daily community, day to day peers and, and and things like that. So nothing. I can't say thank you enough for sharing your story, first off, because I know. Even when you when you're speaking about it, it's a serious topic and it's glad it's, it's, it's great that you can bring light to the situation and also light to, you know, the journey that people have to go through. You see what I'm saying? Like people divorce over anything. they do over anything. It's like a lot of people, marriages don't even work, you know, over the small things. So, um, the fact that you all have have still stuck together side by side doing that is super commendable.
0: Thank Um, you. I appreciate that.
2: Oh, always, always. So when it comes to, as far as mental health, right, we'll, we'll talk about mental health a little bit. Right. So as far as mental health, right. Um, I know personally, just speaking for myself, how we were raised, We never gave enough attention, I believe, to mental health, right? And um, sometimes, I know we have both grew up together, we see the effects of mental health later on in people we grew up with, right? Um, As far as the topic of mental health, we're not going to get specific on any specific person. How important do you feel mental health is from what you've learned from how you grew grew up to today? How important mental health is? And do you feel, I mean, because you do know how I grew up, do you feel we gave enough attention to mental health that we should have, you know, based on what you know today?
0: Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely not enough attention. And I don't think that's unique to just where we grew up, period. Mm-hmm. You know, at first... Oh, period. The, black, the whole, whole Black
2: community, the Black community mm-hmm. in general. Just I, okay.
0: I think pretty much everybody, I mean, yes, Black, the Black community as well, but it's always been frowned upon and, you know, looked down on. If you were, you know, saying, I'm going to a therapist or something like that, that's, that's always been the case. You know, it's only recent, like recently, yeah, it's been become more, I guess, acceptable, you know, to seek mental health. But the way I look at it is we we go and do our yearly physicals, you know, or every other year we do a physical. We make sure everything is okay with the body you have to make sure your mental is okay as well. And that's not what your primary care physician's job is, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think of mental health, like you could use it as just a maintenance program, you know, just say, Mm -hmm. check in, am I okay? Mm -hmm. And you, when you need it and things are serious, you should seek that help as well. No, we were not. Absolutely not um, given the proper tools you know when we were younger but in our parents defense I, I kind of feel you know, you know so you know our parents our grandparents moved to Israel to get away from the the um, issues in America racism discrimination mm-hmm. and all those things mm-hmm. so they were I feel like they were just functioning on survival mode right okay. with uh Hundreds of years of negative, um, how do I say, negative, I guess, tools? negative parenting, negative mm-hmm. v- reinforcement, like just they did not have the tools to properly raise anybody because they didn't have the tools. You know, they were beaten as slaves. That stuff just kept going on, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I feel right now with our generation, we have the opportunity to change how we raise our children. And a lot of the older people parents are like, you know, these new kids and the way they raise them, no whooping and talking to them. That doesn't work. I actually was listening to the radio yesterday morning and there was a parent who put her kid in um jail. It was <laughs> um <laughs> the closet in the room because he was like, he was 10 and he was like. I can't. You can't send me to jail. I'm um. I'm only ten years old. And she said, "Well, you watch." And she cleared out a whole closet, put the kid in a closet, just a bed in there, and was. She gave him a inmate number, and oh, was wow. talking to him like he was the <laughs> warden. And I, I, I was just like, "Okay, yeah. This there's so many things wrong with that." So what I kind of and I am I actually am doing this every day and trying to get better at it. I mentioned ACT, right? Acceptance, commitment, therapy. I use this curriculum with my clients called AIM. It's called Accept, Identify, and Move. So what, what it, it, it incorporates ABA and ACT. So ACT teaches us mental flexibility. So we have this hexaflex, right? And there are six core concepts. Acceptance, committed action, so wait, I'll start from the beginning. Acceptance is just being okay with the good and bad in life, right? Okay. Committed action is working hard towards whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Values. So what what are what do you want in life, you know? So my value may be I want to retire early. I want to go to bed early, you know? So mm-hmm. what am I willing to do to get that value? And then being in the present moment. So actually being Physically, mentally aware of your environment, aware of your body. And then I said, I said six, right? So we said acceptance, (laughs) um, committed action, self as context, right? So if I'm angry right now, always like step out of your feelings for a minute and remember who you really are. So like, am I being my true self at all times? Mm -hmm. Self as context, Present moment, acceptance. I always have to go down the list of these six to make sure I don't forget them. Um, nah, values. Nah, nah. Come on, man. So, and diffusion. So, diffusion is being able to calm down and reapproach the situation, figure out how to get on the other side. So, if something bad happens, how do I diffuse from this situation and get to my value? Right. So those are the six concepts of AIM. So what we do is the curriculum that I use is actually for from four years old to 14 years old. And I have recently started taking it very seriously and using it in my parenting, right? Because what I've learned is we try, we ex- personally, like I expect certain things from my children. And it's like, those are things that I'm still struggling with as an adult, right? I don't necessarily believe in telling them, oh, don't cry. It'll be all right. You know, oh, toughen up. You know, my husband really, he got up earlier, like when they were young, he was like, no, we're not doing that whole toxic masculinity stuff. You know, we have two boys no, they are allowed to cry. They are. We're not going to, you know, boys don't do that. We, we, don't, we don't raise them that way. So we feel it's just extremely important to give them the tools from now how to cope with life's struggles. That's pretty much my entire goal is just life is going to happen. It is going to happen. The good, the bad but how you get through those. Right. And so every single day we're talking and then we're also working ourselves on how to work through those things. Sometimes I scream a lot. <laughs> I'm a yeller, you know, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have made it my goal to decrease my yelling. Right. So I'm going to diffuse and I'm going to tell my kids, Hey, right now, okay I am well. a red. I am not okay. I need to diffuse so that I can be my true self. You know, I'm going to let them know I'm as human as they are. I make mistakes, but we work through them. So given those mental, given those, teaching those
1: mm-hmm.
0: coping skills at an early age is something that I don't think our parents even
1: mm-hmm. had any
0: idea of how to do. And not like, it's not a judgment thing it's just those weren't priorities mm-hmm. when those
1: mm-hmm.
0: it just yeah it wasn't a priority like I said they were on survival mode you know they were just let's 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 give our kids food let's put clothes on their backs they couldn't go past that mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know but luckily because mm-hmm. of them we are able to do a more you know we are able to go out there and get educated and understand Mm -hmm. more about our environment, more about mental health and the importance of us using these skills and tools to get through life. But the most important thing to me is teaching the children at a young age, how to go through things. And it's not perfect. They're not always going to do it. We're going to make mistakes, but to give you an idea of like how our house looks in the morning, we're practicing mindfulness. That means we're going through <laughs> a guided meditation. I give the kids points for that. We have a store in our house where mm-hmm. they're earning points for everything. Cause when they get crazy, you know, no, I'm not going to whoop them. I feel worse if I touch my kid, then they're going to feel. And that's the mm-hmm. truth. Like I literally, I spanked Moosh one time and I cried. I don't want to cry. Like I don't want to do that. That doesn't, and it doesn't work. It just does not work. And anybody who says it does is just lying. It does not work. Whooping your kid in that moment, you're going to punish them, but you're teaching them and reinforcing more negative behaviors without teaching them any good gross. replacement behaviors. It's growth. If I whoop you, if I, you know, punish you in that way, what did I teach you outside of, you know, being scared of me, you know, or inflicting, I'm going to get a little bit of physical pain right now, but you didn't teach me what is the appropriate way to do, get what you want, right? Because there's an appropriate way to get what we want. We call that, you know, functional replacement behavior in ABA. If a kid can't speak, or can't properly communicate what they need, it's our job as parents to teach them how to do that, not to beat them because they did it wrong. So we do our mindfulness, you know, and then throughout the day, I'm looking at, you know, acceptance, did I tell you to do something and you accepted that I don't really wanna do it right now? So it's a bad thing for me, but I'm still gonna do it because my mom told me to do it, right? Um, Diffusion. They get in a fight. I want to see how you work through that. Did you, you know, kick your brother or did y'all figure it out? And you're going to get some points for that, right? Self as context, you know, Moosh, sometimes we have to work a lot with him on emotional regulation, right? So if you're, sometimes what he does isn't necessarily what he's feeling, right? His reaction doesn't match the situation, And so we stop and we're talking through it. And, okay, what do you really want right now? Or what is the real moosh? Is the real moosh screaming and disrespectful? Or is the real moosh kind and want to help? You know, and then use your committed action. Use your diffusion skills to work through that. So that you can get what you want and stay in touch with the real you. Right. So like those are, we just, we, we had to change our parenting style that's probably the biggest thing that I would want to come out of this whole little segment is that we changed how we parent.
1: Right.
0: We change and modify our environment for the children. That doesn't mean we give them whatever they want. That doesn't mean they do not get punished. That doesn't mean we're raising brats, right? Right.
1: Okay. But
0: we want to raise kind, compassionate individuals, who are not so hard on themselves can show themselves love and compassion and just can be really good human beings to other people. Right. So that's the focus is a lot of parents. um, They aren't ready for it. It Sounds good. And they like how it sounds, but the work is hard. Um, There are many of days that I cry and doubt what I'm doing, what we're doing as parents. And, we just we might we stop. We have to, you know take a look, see what's working, what's not working. We're always tweaking our little strategies in the house. Um we just we've all been you know, stuck in the home for over a year now with Covid, and Come we're on. all going crazy. <laughs> we're all crazy right now <laughs> so yeah. i I have felt like I had just been screaming a lot, right? So I'm like, you know what? This has to stop. This absolutely has to stop. So we did our, we had our little family meeting. We implemented our store. We told them the rules and we're all using our, you know, our, our act concepts to get through the day. And the kids so far, they're doing a lot better. They're highly motivated. The store, you know, I put a list of all their values, everything they want to work for from, you know, cooking with Ema to maybe a backyard camping um, with the family, you know, whatever they wanted, I put on the list and they earned those points. And so, so far we're doing good and I haven't been screaming as much. So that's great. Sound but like again,
2: it's, I'm sorry. I said it sounds like a win-win to me.
0: I mean, so far it's working. And like I said, we'll of course have to go in there and tweak things. But a lot of the times, we have to change our parenting. We have to change ourselves. And a, mm-hmm. and we have to be open to that idea that mm-hmm. there's things we need to change about ourselves before we go trying to, you know, change and mold these kids.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, you said so many prolific points there, so I can't just quite elaborate. Everything is just uh, one of the major points I got. that I did get out of what you were saying is, um, first of all, it takes a lot of, Humility you know, to be in a position that you win in because um, adults sometimes feel they don't do any wrong or they feel that. Uh, I think it's I think I saw a quote or a meme that said normalize. I'm willing to work on it instead of I am the way I am because you get stuck in your ways. Right. And just because it's th- just because you were successful growing up, you know, getting your ass whooped. Or you were successful. You know, that doesn't mean it's the standard (laughs) for kids growing up. Right. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I can speak to someone like you who understands that. Right. Because sometimes you say those things to people and they just feel like um, just because, you know, I clung on to dear life and then I end up turning my life around. So does that mean the next child has to cling on to dear life, you know, when they when they get punished or something like that? I always felt that to grow, you have to analyze your, your input into a child's upbringing. Um, be humble enough to know, like you said, you and your husband, you, you, you reanalyze things. You say, okay, this isn't working. So I scrap it. That's, it takes a lot of humility and adults. I feel like have a lot of pride. We have a lot of pride and, um, it takes character. So to have that character, uh, I think that's the first step to yielding the results that, you know, that, that, that you, that you look for in, in, in your children. Um, just based on you know me, 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 me listening to you, I still see the humility and feel the humility humility in your voice, and the honesty in your voice. Just saying that, hey, you know, um, everything doesn't work, you know, to a hundred percent of the plan, but you know, we are able to reassess ourselves. And you also. I know some people have stigmas about how they feel. Like you said, we don't raise brats. <laughs> we have a different way, you know, of of encouraging and giving positive criticism, you know, things like that. And I feel like that's the only way our society is going to change if people begin to think like your thing. So I'm very glad that you're able to elaborate on a different way because <laughs> just because the, the standard way has been working doesn't mean it's the only way. And that doesn't mean it's yielding, yielding the best results either.
0: So Well, I would question too, like, has it been working? Because mm-hmm. it, 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 I don't think it's fair to say it is. I mean, we, we, we may have come out, like, for instance, you may look at me, you're saying I'm, you know, fairly successful. I've done okay, right? But there are childhood traumas that, you know, affect you, and they may not mm-hmm. come to the surface until you're 30, until you're 40. You yes. know, they don't necessarily... Yes. Um, show it you know 10 years old we like to say children are resilient and they'll get over it but do they do they really get over it or are we walking around as adults with these you know with with all of our experiences from childhood and we're walking around now like as broken people
2: so I I get what you're saying right um i speak personally here right we were always told to suck it up. We were always told to, you know, get over things like that. But I, even myself, I've come to a point now where I'm an adult and I'm kind of solidified of who I am. I had times when my childhood affected my um, my outlook on things, how I re- how I interacted with other people. When I came fresh from, from Israel, I was criticizing the hell out of everybody and everything. And I found I found out I had to, like, you know, have a little pride mentally and say, look, just because someone's doing something different doesn't mean it's wrong and you can still coincide with somebody. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of us have to just analyze because the way that we did things doesn't mean just because I grew up. I still hold on to something that was just incomplete. You just don't say anything. you, you got to get the courage and the strength to be able to elaborate about it. So once I came whole with myself, I said, OK, I can I finally address these issues. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want it to be unfinished business that he's holding on to he's eight, nine years old, he grows up to be 25. And then he's like, all of this, these things he kept inside and he finally, you know, felt the strength to let them out. And that's why we see, um, just outbursts from just all types of people, you know, at 30, 40 years old, now you're saying they're crazy, but they just been holding on to that for so long. And then it finally, you know, when it finally burst out, you're like, Oh, wow, they're crazy. No, they've been holding on to that for a very long time. And the human, the human body, naturally, the human mind. You're, you you want to relieve it. You want to get it off your chest because holding
0: exactly. Down. I mean, it's we could talk about this like all day.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, like,
0: I think one of the things you said, like, I, I about where we grew up. Um, there's two sides to that. Like, we were, yeah, we were. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were given that. We we were given a tremendous amount of self-esteem. You know, and I'm so grateful for that Mm -hmm. because we were raised so arrogantly to think we are the light of the world. We are (laughs) everything, all that and some more, right? And you need that as a black person. Mm -hmm. You really do. The flip side to that Mm -hmm. is that, like you said, when you come over here, everything, you view everything through a very judgmental lens, right? They're doing Christmas. We don't do Christmas this you know they eat meat we don't eat meat that's not right okay whatever who are you to determine what another human being can do we can all have our own beliefs and our our belief systems and not judge one another based on our choices and i think when we start to really be the people that you say you are anybody a christian a jew a muslim when you're, when you believe, it, when when those core values are all about good, there is no place for judgment. There's no place for it. So I'm, I'm not gonna look down on somebody because they celebrate Christmas or because they celebrate Ramadan. But we needed that. We needed that. That pride in who we were, who we are as Black people because I see over here how from a young age children are taught to think that they're less than black children. So True. I'm not angry True. that we were taught that way, but I do think that there is a requirement to flip that or combine some more compassion with that pride, that, you know, that black pride. Um,
2: I just think it's a, it's a healthy balance to, you know, being confident but not arrogant you know like you can be confident like that's okay to be confident and and that's that's something we need but you don't want to be arrogant and and not even because we could be right about everything right but who's gonna listen to somebody arrogant nobody wants to nobody wants to listen like you still have to realize if you're really trying to change somebody you have to not come as if you're on the high horse looking down on people right no one's ever gonna change through that you know like that's hitler type of thing like oh my way or the highway you can't you, you can't live that way. And that's what I learned. Right. Because so I came and I'm telling you, like I, looking at myself, I was judging a hell out of people. I was like, oh, you do this. Oh, you do this. Oh, you're Christian. I can't talk to you. I was mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being honest here. You know what I'm saying? I've moved past that so much to know we can all coincide. And it doesn't matter what, you know, the next person, if that's if somebody believes in Jesus and they get up and they still being a positive person. I'm not going to knock you because you leave. If I don't have to believe in Jesus. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? I can still believe in the Hebrew God or will or, or still be spiritual. And I can still respect the fact you're not getting up saying you killed in the name of Jesus. You're still doing something positive. So, whatever people need, you know what I'm saying, to keep themselves mm-hmm. grounded, that's something that we need to all respect. And then at the end of the day, you can share your truths and, you know, compare. It's like that, but it's a journey, right? You can't go in there like, oh, I'm just this. Because the whole, you know, the whole light of the world thing has been an example. But to lead, you still have to be a mm-hmm. bit of a follower too right? Followership is connected with leadership. And you said something, uh, you know, that uh, in the military, even in the military, U.S. Air Force, they preach to us today uh, about core values, right? So we have three core values, and they preach this tremendously in the Air Force. Uh, To this day, I've been in eight years now, it's integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. That's the three core values. I I test on that for promotion every single year. But it's, it's just to show our everyday lives and something high as the military, you still have to have some values and core values that you, that you, that you, you know, that you live on. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that even in the military, even in America, even in Israel, even in Australia, even in Africa, you still need those things to be successful because you can't just freestyle with your, you know, with your life and your judgment. And when it comes to parenting, um, that's something huge. That's, that's, that's huge. You have to have a basis or a foundation. Um, about this, uh, like I said, we're probably gonna have a part two to this one because uh, you have opened up the, the can of worms, uh, sister. <laughs> you opened the can. If you open up the can of worms here, and I know that um, I love the fact that you're so educated, adeptly in this. You and your husband on this. Maybe we can even do a, a collaboration episode with you and K um, later on. I think that will be cool sure as, as well. Um, this one was this one was just you know in the honor of the month. I was reaching out to all my sisters that you know handling business out there or 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 whatnot, but um I definitely think more conversations need to be had as far as child development, parenting. I love it. I love it, sis. I actually I love the fact that you are changing the narrative for a lot of things that we just said we just like leave it as is. You know, we leave it as is because of the fact that we don't understand it or we don't want to put the work in to reinvent mm-hmm. and make a better way. So We'll stop there no for this. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. Cause as y'all can see, when two smart people or three smart people start the talking, or this would be a four hour episode. She's a Libra too. I'm telling you, we can get deep now, but trying to scale it down for everybody. I'm trying to spoon, we're trying to spoon feed everybody, but this is a very uh, interesting and important topic. Uh, all jokes aside, um, that I feel needs to be discussed more. It needs to be discussed more. Um, as you can see, it's a journey, but we all help each other learn. And please, I hope that you all learn something from all the different things that she brought to the forefront that are actually things that are, I feel need to be expressed in today's society. Um, that's, a, that's a big thing. So let me try to wind us down a little bit with, uh, our would you rather, you know, uh, would you rather time? This is going to be in no type of correlation <laughs> to the conversation we. <laughs> that we've had. I want to put this disclaimer out there now. Uh, this is a little app I have that I just randomize these questions, and it's probably going to be silly, goofy, could be serious. I don't know, but I'm going to have Ari answer these questions so we can kind of wind our mood down, you know, so she can, you know, have a little. She's been smiling the whole time because she loves this topic anyway. So, it's not like I'm going to I'm not going to give her any extra happiness but just to change the narrative of the happiness that we have right now so I'm going to whip out my, Would you rather and we're going to go from there and then she's going to give her uh, travel recommendation and closing remarks after today's episode and then I'm probably going to say a bunch of great things about her like I always do and then we'll probably have another part 2 of this uh, later on down the road so I'm going to open my newly iPhone 12 here, and I'm going to randomize my questions for you. So your first question, uh, you're going to choose one, and he's going to tell me why. Uh, so your first question is, would you rather be guaranteed perfect health for the next 10 years or guarantee all of your bills will be paid for the next 20 years? All
0: my bills pay for the next 20 years? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> excuse I mean, excuse I me. I I
0: live a <laughs> healthy life, you know. Um, I'm okay mm-hmm. there in that in that capacity. So, yeah. I mean, go ahead, take care of my bills for 20 years. relax relax on the beach.
2: <laughs> you say you say take care of yourself. You say you you know how to be healthy. Yeah. Then I mean, I could work with more off. families
0: for free. I don't have to pay. They don't have to pay for services. <laughs>
2: This, this is this is this is true this is true this is true <laughs> so the next one would you rather is would you rather see your future self or revisit your child self
0: oh my god that is a good one definitely my past
2: self to revisit I I would why. To... my
0: past self oh my gosh I would talk to her a lot. <laughs> I would prepare her for this world. <laughs> I would, I would prepare her. I would, I would make her more compassionate. Seriously. Mm. I would, I was very arrogant. Like you said, I mean, life has, Life humbled, started humbling me once, you know, we started having children, but mm. it's like, it's different, um, man. I was a hot mess. <laughs> I'd tell you off in a heartbeat, you know. <laughs> and um, I would just tell her, you know, some stuff you don't have to. You don't have to sweat all that stuff. It doesn't matter. Just focus on being more kind and sweet to people, you know. Um, yeah, I, my future self, you know, she'll be okay. But the past, yeah, she. She she
2: needed to be prepared for adulthood. I think, uh, as far as me, I think I probably would revisit my younger self as well. I, just because of the fact that you did, when you look back and as an adult, uh, you're like, man, I wish I could just relearn some things, or just see myself and sit my ass down and say, look, calm down. You you know, yeah. you're not that hot. You don't yeah. you don't know what you, you don't know everything, yeah. and you know. Just <laughs> because there's, there's a certain arrogance I think that comes with being smart sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> yeah, You know, so it's not a bad thing. It's just looking back and you're like, oh, I could have humbled down a little bit more and uh, dedicated a little more time um, to, to different things. So
0: yeah. Big, under- you, when, you really, when you really have confidence and when you really know, you don't need to show it. You just don't. <laughs> it'll, yes, it'll be seen.
2: Uh, silence speaks volumes and confidence as yes, it does. And your last, would you rather? Um, would you rather have a jacuzzi in your bedroom or a secret room in your house?
0: A jacuzzi in the bedroom? We ha- I'm
2: assuming I'm assuming you have a big bedroom if so they can put a jacuzzi in there. It's probably gonna be a real big one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are we actually um, my father in law is coming in the summer to renovate our bathroom because when we bought that house. We um we have a huge shower, but we don't have a bathtub. So the kids mm. have a bathtub, but we do not. And like when you think of it, when we bought the house, we were like, oh well, you know, we don't take baths that often. We like showers, but um, I miss my bath.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you need, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need soak soap Epsom salt and, yeah, and, I and all like those the good kids things
0: so definitely
2: a jacuzzi <laughs> I mean I'm quite sure they're not going to have a jacuzzi right next to the bed you know probably going to be a big enough bedroom to accommodate most I probably would choose a, a jacuzzi too because a secret room I'm just going to just go AWOL I'm, you're not going to find me <laughs> they probably I mean, have sports going all day <laughs> yeah I don't need a secret room I mean, if I come in the
0: office they're not going to come in here and
1: bother <laughs> you see cool. like we've
0: been in here they're awake they haven't come <laughs> so this is, this yeah no just
2: just a, a jacuzzi would be great <laughs> nice 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 so my last question for you um this show um was created so i so i've evolved to have two different goals now for the show right mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you heard of uh Charlemagne guys like the the, the black effect like mm-hmm. a podcast i have a goal i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to get a part of, i'm gonna try to be a part of it i'm gonna keep grinding at it grinding at it grinding at it and i hope one day did I have enough that he said, you know what, you know, come on in here. So I, that's just a new goal of mine. OK, just stop listening to certain things. And my second goal is um I would like to in the future uh, start a nonprofit organization for underprivileged kids to be able to travel uh, around the world, because I feel like travel, um, especially me being in the Air Force now has been something great to me. And, and, you know, as you've lived in two different countries, I think being exposed to different things helps you overall as a person, whether you agree with it or not. And people don't have to stay in the same little bubbles, thinking the same little way all the time. I think that helps with growth when you get out of those environments and you see other things. You don't have to agree with them, but you just see people are living, just living different ways. Right. Um, so all that to say, um, this is the part where you're going to give a travel recommendation to somewhere either that you've gone to or you'd like to go to um, that you thought that you think is cool or somewhere that you thought was cool. Um, it could be anywhere domestic. Uh, it can be international. It doesn't matter. This, uh, something that we can, that you can recommend because all of our guests recommend something.
0: Okay. Okay. I do. I like what you said about the goals for the, um, you know, the nonprofit. I think that is mm-hmm. amazing. And any way in which I could help, I'd love to, <laughs> because that is great. Um, we do not, we don't do things in this house. We don't really do material things. We love experiences. So um, we take our kids wherever we can. Um, so I am definitely going to recommend Paris because that was our trip. Um, we took the kids to Paris um, at the end of 2019. We went to Paris and London, and they love it. I they loved it. I mean, it's perfect to go. We do want to go alone again the next time, you know, just. Because <laughs> especially for Paris, you know, because it really is just oh, it's so fascinating. But um, it was great with the kids too. You know, we were um, where we just I think it was the four of us, New Year's Eve or the next maybe January first, and we were um, on a boat down the river, and we just the Eiffel Tower was um, lighting up. You know, every hour it starts um, sparkling. Oh, wow. In that moment to be surrounded, you know, with my husband and the boys, it was still so magical.
1: Oh, wow. so
0: that was a really great experience. Um, so Paris, for sure. Um, go there. You can go with your kids or you can go alone, you know, or as a couple. <laughs> but that was a great experience um, to go there with the kids, see all the different monuments and things like that. But yeah, it's important to get out there and expose yourself to other cultures and other traditions and see, just like you said, that, you know, people are out there living and it's different, but they're living and they're doing the thing. And they're mm-hmm. doing it great.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. I don't think we've had anybody to recommend prayer. So that's Awesome. First of all, then we have uh, another location that we can tack on the list with everybody go out there. So anybody listening to the show, you have been recommended a lot of different options to look up when uh, COVID uh, finally finalizes and normalizes or whatever we want to call it. um, That you'll be able to travel again. Um, And I'm glad that this show is gearing up while COVID is going on. So you can do all your homework now uh, as far as waiting where you want to go and hear people's real accounts about some of the things, things and places they went to uh, or whatnot. So. Uh, Ariella, in closing, I would like to ask you um, not only for closing remarks, right? But just how, I mean, if you want to give any business uh, shout outs or uh, social media shout outs or anything to uh, websites to, you know, to further look into, you know, you and your husband's program or anything like that. Now is the time and a new segment. Please tell me your favorite flavor because that will be the title of this episode. (laughs) Flavor, flavor, fruit, whatever it may be. Just tell me that will be the title of this episode. So there you go. I apologize for the long question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um my favorite flavor, I am a foodie, so I don't think I have just one favorite, favorite flavor. <laughs> but um I don't think you can ever go wrong with anything that has mango in it. Mm. <laughs> so that would be my favorite flavor, I guess. Um as far <laughs> as closing remarks, um my company um we provide, I guess, S-B- <laughs> I'm so bad at self-promotion. I really <laughs> am. It's awful. Socialites Behavior Services is the name of our company. Socialites is spelled a little funky. It's S-O-C-I-A-L-I-G-H-T-S. Um, you can find us on Facebook at, at S-B-S, learn, play, thrive. Um, If you're looking for parent training, consultation services, um, anything ABA, you can give us a shout out or you can come over and visit our page. In terms of closing remarks, oh my gosh, in this climate, in this world, in these last, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 months, be compassionate. Just think Mm. before you say Mm-hmm. that has been life-changing for me. I feel like when you really start to check yourself, all that, all the BS just falls to the wayside. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. room, to, there's no room to judge others. There's no room to be ugly. There is mm-hmm. no room for it when you're focused on your values and focused on being kind and just, you know, getting through life. So be kind, be compassionate, be compassionate parents. Most importantly,
2: be compassionate. Eat mangoes and live (laughs) your life, your best life. That's how we'll close this episode. Um, I thank you again, Ari. Um,
0: My pleasure.
2: uh, Like I said, that we definitely will. Oh, of course, of course, Uh, we'll definitely continue this conversation because I said I feel like I feel like this is a huge first step to uh, a really big issue or conversation that needs to be had and talked about on on a, on a frequent basis. So it won't feel as if it's, you know, some anomaly or something like that. I mean, I feel like we need to have these conversations and this is a great first step. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to it because I'll be uh, asking you and the hubby for more information on these topics and things like that. And uh, I'll definitely uh, provide the link to her Facebook page on Business when the episode is released. So everybody go out, check it out. Um, you never know what you can learn. As you see, she's very well educated and well versed in what she's talking about. And it can actually really help, um, you at home during these times where if you're not better than yourself, I don't know what you're doing right now. You know, like you have to find a way to be better in some, some way with all this house time and quarantine. Don't come out of it not you know, knowing more than you did before you got locked down. So. Hope everybody enjoyed the episode. I hope everybody learned something. We will talk to you all next week. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Please leave an honest review, subscribe, and share. Listen to us on all platforms. Follow us and ask questions on Twitter at Marquis Podcast Mailbag. Follow us on IG at Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. And like our Facebook page, Flavor In Your Ear Podcast.